0: In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Reel, it's about the people. This is Silicon Reel, the weekly talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I'm Brian Rose. I also host London Reel. It's the same studio, but uh, it's not just tech. We get uh, rock stars, politicians, uh, whistleblowers, filmmakers, authors, I'm trying to think here, cage fighters. Um, it's a lot, of, uh, a lot of different people. So uh, you can check that out at londonreel.tv. But today, uh, we're here to talk tech. I just wanted to say hi to the guys uh, from HouseQuest. I was assaulted last night on the tube by uh, two uh, young men who came up to me and had seen the show, and we took a picture, and they showed me their app right there on the, on the tube without, without any wireless uh, you know, internet. So I was very impressed. So uh, thanks to those guys. If you do want to come on the show, uh, just send us a message. Tell us about your company and yourself. It's uh, hello at siliconreel.com. Um, it's always good to hear from the people. Uh, so uh, let's get on to the show. This gentleman here is Mr. Sam Shank, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hotel Tonight, uh, the world's leading hotel booking app. You have over 11 million downloads. Uh, you're in over 10,000 hotels, uh, 450 cities, 27 countries, might be more now. Uh, you've raised a total of $80 million uh, in funding from uh, U.S. Venture Partners, Excel Partners, Battery Ventures, and uh, uh, KOTU Management. And uh, you yourself uh, previously founded DealBase.com, a uh, travel deal search engine, and TravelPost, Post, uh, the second largest hotel review site. Uh, Sam, thanks for being here. I know you're off to Dublin in a couple hours. Uh, welcome to Silicon Reel.
1: Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for making this happen. At short notice, we, you know, we, uh, we, one of our mottos at Hotel Tonight is that we help the world be more spontaneous, so okay. it's appropriate that this all came together <laughs> in the past, like, 12 hours.
0: No, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's great here because, you know, it's, it's a, a small operation, and we can just flip the switch and go, and when there's a great story, it's, it, it just feels like we, we had to have you on just because there's so many different things happening with you. I know you're over here to talk about a bunch of different things. I know you're in uh, uh, some cities in Europe, and you're expanding your business model from kind of a a last minute to now of a longer booking. Um, I was wondering, for people that that don't know, if you could bring us up to speed with um, the idea of Hotel Tonight, kind of roughly how it started, where you are now, and then I'd love to talk more about design, because I know you're a mobile-only app, which has all sorts of fantastic limitations and possibilities when it comes from a design. So let's start off quickly with the story of the company.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've been at it for about three and a half years and i'd done two other stars before as you mentioned and really uh... in travel as you if you're in travel you start uh, recognizing new opportunities um, earlier than maybe others do once you're in a, in a business and you start understanding a business more. And so when I saw mobile come out, I started watching TV and I was holding my phone in front of the TV and I said, wait a second, this is the next computing platform. Why isn't anyone doing something interesting in mobile? I looked at the app store and the travel category. There were a handful of apps. I think the big guys only, like half of them had an app. Those apps were very uninspiring, unoriginal. They were just the website ported over into a mobile app format. And well, I said, what year is this approximately? This is um, end of 2000. So yeah, just uh, about four years ago is when we started thinking about this. And then started thinking about, all right, if you started with a clean slate and a new brand, a new tech platform, a new app, what would you build? for hotel booking what does that look like for the mobile era and that's when we started coming up with hotel tonight and I did a sketch that sketch is on a whiteboard that's hanging in our our lobby now yeah, I've seen a picture and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, just a few taps to book a hotel a, a small list of hotels just the best hotels the very best hotels for you for that moment in time and working with hotel partners that have access inventory access capacity I think that's one of the things that mobile commerce really helps is with the last minute nature of booking is that when a supplier supplier has excess capacity, that can then be utilized um, by matching a buyer with a supplier in real time. And so that's what we did. We allowed hotels and enable hotels still to give a discount for these rooms that would otherwise go unsold. So the discounts, they range from, you know, 20% all the way up to 70% off what you'd pay um, if you'd booked in advance or what you'd pay if you walked into the hotel and booked directly at the hotel. Um, And uh, the average is about 30%, but the discounts can go up from there. Um, Again, there's no profit in a room that's unsold. So right. we launched the business uh, about ten month, uh, ten weeks after deciding to go for it and saying, "All right, we're going to bet our whole career on mobile. This is the future. This is what we think is the right product. For, um, we're not sure the market isn't asking for this product, right. which is you know kind yeah. of one of those." Uh, you know calls as an entrepreneur you have to make is that nobody was saying that they had to have this, but we felt that it hit a lot of what the market needed, and we launched it and you know it took a few months uh, for us to to validate that there was a market um, It was a sort of scary and uh, soul searching few months, but then we started getting traction and setting up more hotels and and just fueling uh, fueling that momentum and that growth
0: and This is before uh marketplaces were hot right this is before the ubers and the airbnbs where everyone was like Everyone was. We're going to be the marketplace of. I mean, this is kind of before those existed, right?
1: Yeah, I, I've always been attracted to marketplaces. That's actually what I'm talking about at the Web Summit tomorrow is about mobile marketplaces. But I've always loved marketplaces. My first business travel post was kind of a market for hotel reviews and information. Um, that the and that was what it was. Why it was hard to compete against TripAdvisor. Uh, we were right. a, a number two at the time, but a very distant number two. Um, because people wanted to write reviews on the site that had the most reviews, and people wanted to read reviews on the site that had the most reviews posted. So it fed itself. Um, But I've always loved marketplace models in that you can facilitate a transaction, you can connect buyers and sellers together in a way that you couldn't have done before the Internet with real-time information, um, but you don't have to actually ship a box. You facilitate a transaction, but you don't do the transaction. You don't fulfill the transaction. So it's very high margin, and once you get enough traction, it's very hard to displace that business. So I've always loved that dynamic, Um, and mobile creates new types of marketplaces. In our case, it's the temporal dimension of very last minute, creates new inventory that was otherwise not available, not bookable. We've unlocked that inventory, given it to people to book
0: right talk to me about this mobile only platform because it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating spin and before I heard you talk about it I hadn't thought about all the issues you have with mobile only um, as in you kind of bypass all of the goods and bads of the SEOs mm-hmm. and the search engines and the relationships with Google but then at the same time you're also quite on your own out there and it either makes or breaks or gets lost in the app store mm-hmm. is that a simplistic way of describing that and, and is that a choice you consciously made because your previously b- businesses weren't mobile only right
1: yeah that's right it's uh One of the ways I talk about uh, startups and and to be successful is that you have to be better than what's out there, Um, which my first two companies were incrementally better than the the previous, you know, than TripAdvisor in terms of the future functionality. Um, And DealBase was incrementally better than TravelZoo. But they weren't different enough. So because of that, they weren't memorable. And I call it like remarkability. They weren't remarkable. So people didn't say, oh, I have to have that. I need to know that. I need to tell my friends about that. They weren't inherently viral. And so they didn't catch fire. Um, whereas with Hotel Tonight, I said, all right, we're going to be better at mobile booking. We're also going to be different, so we're not going to have a website. We're going to have a website that's going to link to the app. That's going to cause people to say, huh, there's something special here. I need to get this app. Um, We were only doing tonight. At that time, it was noon to 2 a.m., and very different than any other business. We only showed three hotels at a time. Right. We've expanded a little bit since then, but it's still a, a hand-picked selection of hotels. So it's very different. And with that, we knew that we could focus on this specific use case, and um, this is where the market was going. This is, it was growing at well over 100% year-over-year, mobile hotel bookings and mobile commerce. Okay. And I would rather focus on that than focus on the area that was growing in single digits.
0: Right. Yeah, I I didn't know that the hotel industry and the bookings industry always sometimes have a tenuous relationship, I think, where, you know, one tries to control the other, and and it can not always be a symbiotic relationship. You know, but with you, you really curate your hotels. I know you go out and take your own pictures of the hotels, um, and you, like you said, you only offer, say, three selections in a really, you know, beautiful manner on the phone, and it's not, you know, like like some of these sites where you see where there's, like, you've seen different fonts and different letters, and it's, it's quite a, a jumbled mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a decision you made early on, like, not to curate and not to get involved in this kind of the battle that goes out there between the two?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that at higher level, what, what we saw as going to be one of the big differentiators of mobile and apps versus websites is that apps have transparent ratings in the app store. And we get a report card every day about how well we're doing. And that crosses every element of our business, from the design of the app to the hotel partners we work with, you know, you're only as good as the company you keep, um, to the, the photos, to the curation, to the speed of booking, all the way to the, the prices we have, and then the customer service if you have a question. And so we get graded on all of that every day, and it's important. And we just said, we're going to be the best. We're going to be five out of five, and we're going to work really hard to get there. Um, and that led to a lot of differences in the decision making about the business that we would have not made had we been a website where you don't have that rating where you don't have that feedback loop right
0: so it it's helped you in the long run mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: It, i mean it it ends up being like you're just you just make good business decisions for the long term because you've got this rating out there that persists you don't make short term decisions about well we could add this hotel partner you know nobody really likes them they have a really bad rating but they're you know giving us a great margin and a great rate like We don't have to make that decision. We would never make that decision because we don't want our guests to have a bad night's sleep and then rate us poorly in the App Store. It just wouldn't be worth it.
0: If someone is listening to this right now and they're thinking, I'm going to go mobile only or not mobile only, what's kind of a bit of advice that you could tell them of a good reason to do it and a good reason not to do it?
1: Yeah, you know, a good reason to do it is the remarkability of it um, and that you can stand out in the market. This is where the world's going is, I think TripAdvisor released earnings yesterday and 50% of their traffic is now mobile traffic, which is pretty astounding. That's up from single digits, I think, when we started Hotel Tonight, low single digits when we started Hotel Tonight. So it's really amazing that that I think that um, my iPhone, maybe my iPhone 8 or my iPhone 9 is going to be the only computing device I have and it's gonna connect with a larger screen, it's gonna connect with a keyboard, but I'm not gonna lug around a laptop and an iPhone. It doesn't make any sense. Um, So this is where the world's going. The earlier you get there, you don't have to worry about supporting multiple platforms. You can focus on the one that's the future. The downside is it's very hard to reach customers, um, especially with apps. It's a very crowded app store. It's very hard to stand out, very hard to get featured by Apple, very hard to get recognition. Um, And distribution, after getting product market fit, Distribution is the number one thing entrepreneurs need to work on, at least if you're marketing uh, really any product. It's either sales or it's, it's marketing, it's getting it out there. Um, nobody knows about you when you launch, and you've got to tell the world, and that's really hard to do. And harder to do than it just on the web. And it's hard to do in general. Right. When you're in an app store, it's even harder, right? right? Because the bar- you, you've got to download an app. You've got to put in a password. Um, most people only have a handful of apps. So you've got to be really, yeah. really useful where it's an imperative where you say, this is the app that I'm going to use for all my hotel booking, or majority of my hotel booking. This is the app that I'm going to use to get around the city, in the case of Uber. This is the app that I'm going to use to order food, in the case of Just to Eat or Grubhub yeah. in the States. So you, you need to be in one of those categories of frequent use if you're going to be an app. Otherwise, you can be mobile only if... Um, um, but But, more with a web presence, um, because that opens up more more distribution opportunities
0: We had uh, Ben Holmes in here two weeks ago and, and he kind of uh, was the partner in charge of just Eat you know for four or five years before they went public this year and and he said that you know uh, the app was you know, was the, was the ultimate piece you know, to get people to actually have that app on their phone and use it. Because mm-hmm. until that happened, he said he was always worried about Google swooping in or this company swooping in and just taking all the traffic from the web. Mm-hmm. But he said, once you have that app, you have that piece of real estate on that person's phone. And uh, like you said, the passwords are already in there and it's ready to go. And uh, having that piece of real estate you know, it's I guess it's a barrier to entry. In a long it's a barrier
1: to entry. It, you know, it gives people um, a connection to your your product and brand and service very, very quickly. You don't have to reacquire the customer right. every time, like you do with Google. You have to you know either earn it through SEO, which takes a lot of love and care, or pay for it through SEM, which you know, Booking.com uh, pays. They're the number one advertiser on on Google, and they spent seven hundred million dollars last quarter alone on search advertising, which is, again, an astounding number. Um, and those are customers, I'm sure a lot of those have already purchased before on Booking.com. Right. Um, and they know this, and they're trying to, to bring people back in directly from Google uh, into Booking.com. But the dynamics of the App Store are such that you can acquire somebody once, either through press, either through word of mouth, either through um, paid downloads. And then if they have a good experience, then they come back over and over um, without having to pay for them. So the dynamics are very different. And it's, it's much more like before the web where you would sort of market and get a brand loyalist by building a great product or service. Uh, the, the dynamics are more like that than they are um, the the search arbitrage, you know, search reacquisition, type of approach.
0: Right. And so does that affect your marketing strategy? Do you kind of go back to before the web marketing ideas such as television or other kind of ad bases? Because once you're out of the mind of the web, it's, it, you have to go somewhere else to compete,
1: right? Yeah. You know, we do, we do everything. So we, uh, you know, we don't do a big TV campaign yet because we uh, don't spend a lot of money on marketing and we're very, you know, ROI focused and very analytical in that, but we also don't have a huge war chest to, to want to spend on a $50 million TV campaign. Right. Um, and to do TV well, I mean, you're talking well over $20 million uh, to make it uh, have a difference. So we, um, But everything else we do, we've actually tested some direct response television. We do a lot of radio. We do ads in cabs. I mean, I could talk for another five minutes on all the different <laughs> marketing things we've tried. Not all of them have worked. The ones that work, we continue to hone and you know, keep doing.
0: Okay, you mentioned War Chest. I know about a year ago you did your last big raise. I'm not sure, sure if it was 30 million or 30 plus. Um, how, how goes it with cash flow? How goes it? Will there be another raise in the future? How's business? How's expansion? How yeah, goes business
1: it? is great. We've, we're growing still at well over 100 percent year over year. Um, revenues, booking, revenues, okay. Okay. and bookings—they sort of go step in lockstep. Okay, um, and. So we're really happy with how the business is going, adding more cities, the same store sales, existing cities are growing really, really nicely as well. And our hotel partners are benefiting by filling up their hotels that would have been empty or had empty rooms at the end of it. So we, uh, you know, one of the things that I've seen with travel um, businesses in general is they take a long time to to get to profitability. But once they do, then they're very, very successful and profitable businesses Um, and, we are patient. We're focused. We've got the money to to see this through. In Kayak's case, which was sort of the last, at least U.S. company to achieve that level of success, um, it took nine years. Um, I think that if you look at uh, before that, it was Hotwire that took about six years. Um, Booking.com has been around for over fifteen years. Uh, these things take a while, and but we're patient. We're focused, and, and we've. Got a great you know, set of plans ahead to, to continue to make Hotel Tonight better.
0: What year are you in right now?
1: Uh, so it's three and a half, so I guess we're you know, still in our third year. Okay. Or and fourth year however you want to count it. Offices where right now? So our headquarters are in San Francisco. Right. All development is there. Um, and I think that's a strategic and competitive advantage for us. So we're close to all of our key distribution partners, Google, Apple, also Facebook. And a lot of the really interesting ad tech that's coming out in the mobile space is all based in San Francisco. Okay. So that gives us a real big advantage over the other big travel companies that aren't based in San Francisco. They're
0: based yeah. in New York or are they're based? Um, so Expedia
1: is based in uh, Seattle. Right. Uh Bookings based in Amsterdam. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know. I think the other players, none of them are based in San Francisco. Orbitz is based in Chicago, um, Travelocity is Dallas, so yeah, it's a big advantage for us. Um, and you know, the the other offices, we have offices here in London, sales office, we're opening offices now in Paris and Berlin, um, also sales offices, and then soon Toronto and Sydney.
0: Okay. We're in Europe, so let's talk real quickly about Europe. How is the market different over here in London and in Europe uh, when it comes to, you know, you're in San Francisco thinking about how do we design, how do they consume over here, different languages? Uh, how, do you, how do you tackle some of those issues?
1: Yeah, you know, just providing the app in multiple languages is a challenge in its own right. When you deal with German in particular, it's a lot more verbose. There's more characters, so you have to create a design that allows for more space. So the button you know can't just say cancel, and it has to have more room around it uh, to say cancel in German, for right. example. And um, I'm told
0: the Germans want to see things in German.
1: And they do, yeah. Right. And, and that's what we we do, right? right. So okay. we've, we've localized uh, the business and adding uh, more and more languages as we see the demand for this. Um, so, but we, the main thing is we put the process in place. We did that fairly early so that it wasn't a, a big burden to do later on. Um, and. You know, the other thing that, uh, that we saw is that, um, uh, well, I think that Europe long term is going to be more successful for us than the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has been you know, great for us. But the hotel inventory in Europe is just really wonderful. It's very fragmented. Yeah. There's a lot more independent hotels. There's a lot more hotels that have a really compelling and unique story to tell. And right, okay. unique hotels. And- unique hotels that are you know, looking for distribution that need help uh, at the last minute and, and they turn to hotel tonight.
0: And I'm guessing they have relatively low tech booking systems, or I'm guessing they're slow to adapt tech as mm-hmm. opposed to the US. Yeah, and we can work
1: with the myriad. If they want to log into our website, as long as they have an internet connection, they can work with us. Um, and they can even log in on their phone and work with us that way. Um, so it can be super low tech. As long as they have an iPhone, they can work with us. And we work all the way up to people that do, want really high-tech real-time integrations with their backend system. So however the hotel wants to work with us, we'll accommodate.
0: Okay. There's a, a lecture on Stanford right now called How to Start a Startup, and they've got all sorts of people coming through from you know, Andreessen Horowitz to uh, the guys at Stripe who were on this show, and they had the Airbnb founder, one of them on there, and he was talking about I think Europe's over fifty percent of their of their market or something high. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't that high, but I was surprised at how big it was was. Um, is that something, is that going to be your numbers someday? Will it be 50% of your revenues?
1: Yeah, I, I don't see why not. It's, okay. uh, again, the independent hotels. Um, I think that, you know, the challenge for us is, has been on telling people about Hotel Tonight and tell, getting people to understand what Hotel Tonight is, just awareness. Same challenges in the U.S., I think that it's a bigger challenge in Europe because it's not just one big country, it's a lot of little countries, and so we do a lot of PR, we do a lot of uh, partnerships, we do a lot of um, outbound marketing uh, in terms of what we, uh, just to get the word out, to let people know about it. Once they find it, they really like it. Uh, There's value, there's convenience, there's speed, there's ease of access, there's great hotels, unique inventory. Um, but uh, but it's it's just a crowded market, and we need to make sure that we're putting the right resources in place. So to that end, we've actually doubled the investment in Europe, and recently hired um, a guy named Oliver Young, who's an incredible from executive. Airbnb. Right, he was at Airbnb right. and at House uh, previous to this, an accomplished entrepreneur in his own right, uh, has done amazing things. And uh, you know, we were at dinner last night, and you know, plotting the course for Europe, and it's it's pretty exciting what's what's ahead.
0: Plotting the course or plotting. Uh, (laughs) both both we
1: were doing a lot of eating too
0: (laughs) and so the idea is once you get that app on the phone then you you feel like you can really be in the consumers right in their face and 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 is once you get that app on that phone is is there anything that would change that like from a medium to long-term perspective or is that is that really the the beachhead that you want to conquer
1: yeah you're getting the app on the phones one thing but getting people to to start booking is is another thing so you know it's that you know the app installation is just one element of a, a multi-step process to get somebody to become a loyalist and you know that's all proprietary how we do that and but something that we we focus a lot on as well and continue to hone that it's an entire conversion funnel. Yeah, it's tricky.
0: Um, we had um, Ritzes uh from YPlan here. I know you're an investor in mm-hmm. that as well. And you know, it, They have a huge number of downloads. And, and they were in London first, weren't they, before they went to mm-hmm. the States? And I uh, really like Ritzes. Really smart guy. But you know, I sometimes have the app on my phone, and then I get reminded that I have it from their email. And you know, they're all, it's, a, it's tricky, because you're constantly trying to remind people that they have it, mm-hmm. and then use it. Especially something like YPlan, where it's like you knew. YPlan, I think, tries to surprise you with an event you hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm so it 's like not like you have to eat or have to stay somewhere it 's tricky you know just because you have the real estate doesn 't mean that you you own that mind share do you yeah you know we we talk a lot about spontaneous bookings
1: and incremental bookings you're at dinner and you're you know you're with your significant other and you decide to stay in the city instead of commuting home you know those types of use cases that we've that we and and mobile technology have really unlocked for hotels and brought them new incremental business Um, but it's uh it's very hard to always be spontaneous right you you can't always book a hotel. If I said, I'll give you, uh, you know, a room tonight at the Ace New York for a dollar, you wouldn't give me that dollar, right? Because yeah, no. you've got to be in the right place at the right time. So making sure people remember us and making sure that we're in that consideration set when somebody says, huh, like tonight's really fun and it's raining. I don't want to get on the tube and go home. Uh, and I can stay in at a really great place with a super uh, steep discount, exclusive rate, hundred pounds. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, so that we can be in that consideration set, so we can let people think about us. That's important. Right. It takes a lot of... I tell the team that it's going to take us 20 uh, different touch points with our customers before they're feeling comfortable to book.
0: 20? Yeah. It 20 used to be 10, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be
1: 100. I mean, wow. especially with, with hotel, where you're you're trusting us with your night's sleep, right, and trusting us with your shelter, which is a basic human need. It's food, clothing, and shelter. You know, you can get by with, you know, Like, most people are already dressed, so you don't really need clothing on demand. You've got food, which you, you know, can basically, like, get by without for the night. But if you don't have shelter and it's cold outside, you know, it's just life or death. I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but, you know, people really, uh, we need to take it seriously, and we need to make sure that people trust that we're going to deliver. And that's where we've, you know, proven time and time again that we're going to, you know, that you can trust us. That's why that App Store rating is really important for us, so that people can say, hey, like, there's 10,000 people that have rated this app. Like, that's significant. That's as much as the big guys. Like I can trust these guys.
0: Right. And I think the curation cannot be overstated because as a consumer, you know, we are just inundated with too much choice sometimes on the web and you go to these sites and I've been to TripAdvisor before and I'm like, just give me a suggestion. You know, I can't read through 40 reviews and, and all that. So that's a real component of trust and branding for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, And that was one of the reactions I had is that you know, the first version of mobile, of commerce of e commerce was about giving people ultimate selection, connecting you with every product in the world, connecting you with every hotel in the world, making it easy to book and you get all this information and sort and filter, read reviews, full transparency. Um, that was great on the web because it was novel and it was empowering. Right. Um, it becomes a burden on a mobile device, small screen, limited time span, and I want Somebody else to take all of that information that's out there and bring back what's right for me. I want to save time. I want to trust, some, I need to re- develop a relationship with a service that I trust um, so that I can get back to my night, get back to the rest of my life, don't have to spend hours planning and then still might get stuck with the wrong hotel because I didn't read that next review right. um, that told me that the hotel was under renovation. I don't right. want that, right? I want somebody to have done that for me. Right. Um, and that's the, the feeling that we can, or that's what we do. And the feeling should be that you're talking to your best friend and, uh, that knows New York really well or knows London really well and say, Hey, where should I stay tonight? And they're like, Oh, well, you know, this is a great new hotel. You'd like it because you've stayed at a similar hotel before. Make sure to go up and get a drink on the, on the rooftop. Um, and by the way, I negotiated an exclusive rate for you 40% off. Um, that's how it should feel.
0: Right. That feels pretty good. Sounds pretty good. You know, it's, it's interesting. If we, if we do continue to go mobile and it looks like we are, then I guess as consumers we're going to have to continue to trust more curators because if we can't go and read all those long trip advisor reports because you, you can't on the mobile, then you really have to find people that you trust that really deliver something that's a great product every time. You know, whether it's the Just Eats or your service, you, know, you really have to be like, okay, uh, I'm going to build this relationship. I think
1: it starts with, with transparency around what we're doing and why. Um, So we're very clear that we curate by um, looking at hotel reviews ahead of time before we let hotels in. We quality control. We do site visits, and then we monitor quality. And if the quality is not good, we don't put those hotels in. And then within maybe the 150 hotels we work with in London, we're going to show you the 15 best deals across all price points, best rates, best discounts at that moment in time based on where you are. So we're very transparent in how we do it. Over time, then, you don't don't think about that. All you think is that... I know that I'm getting the best from this service because if I went and looked myself, I wouldn't find anything better, um, and that's the promise that you know we have. That's. What makes what we do so hard is that you know we have to deliver on that every time.
0: Right, it's all the things you can't see yeah. uh, on the app. I remember I had the guys from Halo in here. That, that they're the on-demand black cab app here, and they've had you know a huge investment, and they're trying to you know obviously take on Uber. And I said to him, I'm like, yeah, your app is so simple, and you know he was stewing over there, and he was like, just because it's simple doesn't mean it doesn't take a team of 50, yeah. 100 people. That's to the make irony of
1: simplicity on the app is that right. uh, there's a lot of complexity behind the scenes. Right, and, and that's the bar- One of the barriers to entry is that uh, it was simple when we started. Uh, we launched the thing in 10 weeks. So that was simple. But to scale this thing up where you're doing thousands and thousands of bookings every day, that's really hard. Um, and that's what takes a lot of effort
0: let's talk about design really quick because you know I, I think you started uh, with Photoshop work when you got out of college mm-hmm. you are a design guy by nature and, and let's be honest design gets gets a lot of lip service in tech but it doesn't always it doesn't always really come from the core of the company and uh, the successful companies you can see that it does everyone's of course cites apples of the world and I could name a variety of others but if it's important to the CEO it becomes important to the company and if it's not it just becomes something else and some other metric drives the company mm-hmm. and you've talked about uh, the design and how it actually permeates your entire culture and I was just wondering if you could tell me how it started and, and how you how you look at design and and how it relates to hotel tonight
1: yeah so I have always loved great design my dad's an architect contemporary architect so I grew up with uh, blueprints around these when they were actually blue um, mm-hmm. and based you know ammonium based um and I think I've always respected great clean design, um, and it's just an aesthetic taste. Um, I think that great design can't make a business, but it can help a business stand out and help augment a business, help it be memorable and remarkable and then for us it's it is part of the culture I, you know i think it it's infused in our product um, we focus a lot on design, and I spend a lot of time you know, working with the team and uh, encouraging them to come up with great designs. And you know, some of the, the things that I'm most proud of is that that leads to a lot of innovation in our design. So, my favorite example of this is the, the checkout process on Hotel Tonight. It's three taps and a swipe. The swipe is our Hotel Tonight logo, and you trace that. Um, in order to complete your purchase so that we know you're actually wanting to book a hotel. Okay. We didn't have that before and people were booking or saying that they had booked by mistake. By caused, okay. caused problems. But that, uh, one of our designers and developers worked together to come up with that on their own. They said that you know what I was, you know, or what what had been done before, was really awful, and I, I agree it was. You had to enter your initials; it felt like you were signing like a legal form. And these guys came up with that. So, uh, and it, it, it's magical, it's iconic, and it's one of the most memorable features. And it just feels cool; it feels right. Right. So um, what
0: what was a problem is now an asset yeah. of you and, people- and
1: And I think it's because you know the design was elevated to a point where that's important. And if it had not been there, we would have still been doing the signature. You know, Put in your, put in your uh, initials to sign this document that you really want to book a hotel, which feels awful, which is completely off-brand for us, which isn't delightful, which isn't memorable. And it turned it from a, a process that was painful into something that's really memorable and iconic. So uh, that's my favorite example. And so I think that when you make design a priority, when you respect it, when uh, you hire great people that respect design as well, that you know, great product results.
0: Right. You have some uh, tag words that you say. I think your core values are build, question, and respect. Mm -hmm. When I heard you say those, it felt like words pulled out of the dictionary because they don't flow together. And I was wondering why you chose those words. And why you chose those core values
1: sure yeah we uh, we thought about that early on and we wanted we knew that we were you know we were hopeful that we were going to be building a large company we wanted to make sure that we defined our culture early so that we would be hiring the right people and and we're big in the power of three so we launched with three cities we launched with three hotels in each city Um, there's there's a magic in that number three so we wanted to keep everything simple which is also one of our, our product values is simplicity. Um, but on the, the cultural value side, so we wanted to be a culture of builders. So we wanted to always be shipping stuff, always be bringing new things to the world, but it wasn't throwaway stuff. It was meaningful, it was lasting. That could be a relationship with a hotel all the way down to a new product feature. Um, on the, the question side, we also never wanted to be complacent. We, uh, we never wanted to just accept the status quo. We always wanted to challenge ourselves to be better always wanted to challenge ourselves to be more innovative, and we wanted people that were curious uh, by nature along those lines. And then on the respect side, it's really that we wanted to work with optimists. We wanted to work with people that uh, we wanted to be around, that were respectful of each other, that were respectful of our customers and our partners. In our industry in particular, there's a a lot of lack of respect um, for customers You know, where, you know, let's just get them through and Uh, You know, once we get their money, it's okay. Like, we didn't want that type of a culture. We wanted to build something long-term and and lasting and uh, and meaningful. So that was uh, where the respect came into place. And as we then hire people, as we interview them, as we get to know them, we can apply these filters, you know, and to make sure that they're, they're consistent with the type of people that that we've, you know, that we've said is our culture. And, uh, is it tough finding
0: talent in San Francisco? It's tough,
1: um, but here's my take on it: is that it's always tough to find talent. So if everybody in the world was available for hire right now and they were affordable, um, it would still be really hard to find the right team that works together that has the same values, that has the same type of of, of drive, that, that really wants to build the, the right things together. I mean, it's really hard to put together one of these teams. It's like putting together a professional baseball team or a football team is that you know, you've got to find the right chemistry, not only just the right people, the right talent. So uh, somebody that's really talented could be uh, you know, difficult to work with, and it wouldn't be the right person to bring in. Now, on top of that, in San Francisco, exacerbating that it's sort of inherent challenge is that it is really competitive right now and not so much against other companies like you know, uber but more um, against the opportunity to start your own business there's okay. a lot of money out there um, and we had four senior design candidates um, that we were very close to hiring they all backed out recently um, one went to work for Johnny Ive uh, at Apple, which, you know, how can you turn that down? And I was excited for him. Um, and then the other three uh, had the opportunity to start their own company, which, again, is hard to argue with. Uh, but, you know, not everybody can start their own company. Like, we need to find people that, that want to work at companies, too, as they grow. Um, and there's a time in life to start a company. There's a time in life to work for a company. And it's up to us to find people that are you know, at that point where they, they're not ready to start a company or they've started, they had started a company and they want to do something different.
0: How much of your time do you spend recruiting or looking I spent, for I
1: spend, uh, it's, it's a priority for me. At, uh, when I'm in the office, it's about um, 20% of my time. Um, and I always am asking, what can I do? Who can I call? You know, I'm always asking people, do you know anybody that's hiring uh, or know, know anybody that's looking for, everybody's hiring. Do you know anybody that's looking for, for something new or who's the best person you know? Um, those types of questions. So it's, it's endless. Um, in fact, after this, I'm going to go call a, a candidate, a product management candidate that we've made an offer to and, and encourage him to... Uh, to take the to offer. take it. Yeah.
0: What does London feel like to you? I'm sure you visited this place over the years, and you know, for me to watch it, you know, I've been doing the show now about a year and a quarter, and it's just it's taking on new vibes, it's getting new confidence. You know, you're seeing some pretty incredible like fintech companies raising good B, series B rounds, and you're really seeing London stamp their signature on a few things, which they really, be honest, haven't done say three five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what it feels like to you to come here. You know, does it feel like the Valley did ten years ago, or New York New York seven years? ago? Or what's the vibe you get more than anything when you're here?
1: Yeah, I, I love London. Every time I come and visit, I love it more. Uh, I think there's just... You know, there's it grows a, on you. A, it grow, well, it's, it's just amazing energy. And uh, you know, it is, it's just such an incredible city. I, uh, I think it's, it, it's more similar to New York than it is to, to Silicon Valley, given the density um, and given that it's a, more of a finance-driven town right. um, and it's got more history. Um, but I do feel like you know, every time I come, there's more stuff going on. There's more meetups. Um, I wish I could stay longer and, and go to more of them. Um, but it does feel like there's this awakening going on uh, and an excitement around new ideas and around new businesses. And it's great to see I'm friends with Jay at Halo, and uh, he's no longer there, but you know, seeing him build that business from here was very cool, and right. Riddus as well at White Plains. So.
0: Right, right, right. So, so you're, uh, you're pretty optimistic absolutely um, what's yeah. going on over here but also you're yeah, a lot of american companies are coming over here to, to compete as are you and you guys bring a lot of experience you got you bring a lot of different core values as an american that also make it make it easy for you to compete over here i would say yeah and, and i but i think that that just plants the seeds for others then to go and do their own thing and you know i
1: hate to lose people uh, at hotel tonight but what makes me really proud is when they leave and they go and start their own businesses that's and you know, how I want them to depart, uh, because that's the success for me is if they've been able to then realize their own dreams and that is uh, and, and start their own thing. So I think what you'll see is is that sort of second generation of tech employee will become go from employee to entrepreneur. Right, right.
0: Um, you know, we always ask people a few questions here uh, on the show, and I'm, I'm going to hit you with those. Uh, Sam, if you could give uh, a phone call to the 20-year-old Sam Shank, uh, I don't know if he was on Photoshop yet. I'm not sure. And give that young man a bit of advice. Um, from everything you know now, what, what would you tell him? What would you suggest that he do? I think I'd, I'd tell myself to be patient, um, that you
1: have to... Um, my 20s, I was very frustrated because I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to start businesses. I wanted to make an impact. I wanted to change the world and bring something new to the world. And it wasn't happening fast enough for me. And I didn't see a path for it to happen. And I needed to be more patient, you know, enjoy the moment, one. And two was, you know, realize that there's a time to learn. And then there's a time to put that learning to work. And that put that learning to work, you know, for me happened more in my early 30s. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I needed to go back, I'd go back and say, don't be so frustrated you know, just wait.
0: Right. It seems like you have that perspective right now as in, you know, what you're doing. You even said it earlier when you mentioned the time, you know, you're, you're at three and a half years, you're not at seven or eight. So it's like, these things took time. We're doing the right things. You know, you seem, you seem more comfortable with that time frame. Mm-hmm. you know, than a lot of people.
1: Yep. Um, and it, part of it is having done this twice before um, with other companies and being through that cycle and being through the ups and downs of it, I developed, you know, some some muscle memory and thicker skin and war, some more scars, but, uh, but I think that uh, there is a cadence to it and you know, if, if I look back on my 20s and I, if I could talk to myself, I'd be like, hey, don't worry. You're going to be doing exactly what you want to be doing. It's actually going to be a lot better than you ever expected. Um, so just hang tight.
0: Right. That's very good advice. Uh, best advice you've ever received, um, I would guess, maybe business or personal. I mean, you've, you've you know, worked, worked in startups for many, many years. Yeah. The um, best uh, business advice was from my dad, uh, who
1: said that you, know, you think your idea is so great. A you know, hundred other people have it. The difference is that 99 of them aren't going to do anything with it. Uh, and I think Hotel Tonight really falls into that category that, you know, so many people have said, oh, that's such a great idea. I wish I had thought of it. Like, I'm sure lots of people did. But it was like the hard work of actually launching it, marketing it, getting out there with the press, getting out there with hotels. That was what separated it from just being an idea. Um, best personal advice was from my wife's grandfather. He was a pretty amazing man. He uh, it was uh, born in poverty in, in the South in Mississippi, ended up becoming the president of ABC television. And I said, how did you balance family and work during all of this? Because you you're working so hard and you, know, you have a great family life. And he said, Sam, don't even try. It's always gonna be a struggle. You're always gonna feel guilty one way or the other. The only way to deal with it is learn to live with that conflict and just do your best. And that stuck with me too. So I'm not trying wow. to ever be 100%. I'm always giving uh, my, when I'm present, I'm present with either one, but I know that it's never going to be fulfilling
0: either way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that really was helpful because you always feel unsettled. That's good advice because there's so many people that talk these days about the balance and about how they do this and refuse to do that. And it's, I guess it's important to realize that it's always going to be a struggle and you're always going to be hard on yourself about both choices, yeah. right? That's exactly right. Right, it's fascinating because I, I have a lot of people here on London Real, and, and some of them are fascinating, and they're starting businesses and they're pushing new ideas out there. And, and sometimes I get people that are really struggling internally, like like that. And sometimes I say that if you're really struggling with something, that that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that you're, it means you
1: care? Yeah, yeah,
0: it means you care. That means you're pushing the envelope when it mm-hmm. comes to building it as fast as you can. That means you, yeah, yeah. So I think you need to be a little unsure when you're building something great you know, out of yourself or out of your company.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, the other you know, way I look at the world is I, I try to be a little uncomfortable in my situation. That means that I'm, I'm in the right place. If I'm too complacent, then I'm not pushing myself hard enough. I'm not growing and advancing, and I'm not using, you know, the, maximizing my capabilities.
0: Right. And in chaos, some great things
1: are built, right? Yeah, and Most great things are built in chaos,
0: yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Next two years for you guys. Are there some big milestones? I know you, you've just opened your platform up for that seven day booking, which is a huge move. Takes a, a whole new piece of the market share and a whole new list of competitors as well. Um, is, is that kind of the main focus or other things on your mind in the future? Asia or other geographies?
1: Yeah. You know, the, with moving to Sydney, um, which we've announced, but you know, haven't moved in yet. That's a whole new area of the, the globe for us and a whole new continent. And that's really exciting about where that could take us from there. So, certainly, we have aspirations about being a global brand. Uh, In this day and age, there's no need to be just a single country's brand. Uh, The world's a global marketplace. So, that's one big focus for us. Other is just awareness. Um, We are still far behind in awareness of us. I was telling a guy that books 100 rooms a night, uh, 100 100 rooms a night, 100 rooms a year um, about Hotel Tonight, and he's on my age, he should be using us because he's wasting money on other services, wasting time on other services. And he's like, how come I don't know about you? And he just hadn't heard of us yet. So we have a lot more work to do to, to tell the market about and tell the world about what we do and why,
0: why they should use us. Right. And then I guess that makes making your product just that much better. So it just goes, grows virally that much quicker. Mm-hmm. And like that exit tool, as opposed to putting those letters in, someone else tells a friend how cool it was. Mm-hmm. And that word of mouth takes time, but it can be very very vicious when it gets going right Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's about all the like so virality
1: is about product quality and product quality is all about the little details uh it's you know we we fixate on little words and you know the the variations of colors that we have in the app and so it's about those details and about caring about the you know the error that hits only 0.01 percent of people is still an error that we need to fix. And it'd be easy to dismiss that and say, no, analytically, like statistically, that's not even worth like, us thinking about. Well, it all adds up, because you don't know if that one person out of 1,000 that's looking at it or out of 10,000 that's looking at it is someone like you that uh, could then tell the world about what a bad experience they had on our app.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, the big thing people say now is do things that don't scale, and the Y Combinator guys talk about it a lot of times, And but when you're in a company where you are and you're trying to grow as fast as possible, you're always 80 20 and think, oh, that's not important. But ultimately, these are those little things that are important, because that's ultimately where your product is. And if people are really caring about them in your company, then that determines your fate. So, you Absolutely. Know, hence the struggle you talked about. The struggle. Um, Sam, thanks so much for coming in. I'm so glad we made this happen. Uh, it's it's a, a great story. It's a great vision, a great idea. I think people can learn a ton. Done, uh, from what you said today. so
1: Great uh, being here. Thanks for making it happen you. last minute.
0: Yeah, no, I know. It's just like just like your app. Uh, so it's fantastic. Hotel Tonight is the app um, you can get, I'm guessing, on Android and Apple mm-hmm. uh, and go to your website if they want some more information. But it, it is a mobile device. So. That's right. Windows Phone, too. Yeah. Windows Phone are there. Okay, very good. Uh, fantastic. Have fun at the Web Summit. Um, as we say uh, on Silicon Reel, it's about the people. Um, thanks. I uh, appreciate you coming in and all the best on your journey. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Someone said to me when I was being hired, "We move fast on everything except hiring, and it's so important to find the right people, and it's worth waiting uh, to get that right person." We opened up the app actually to black taxis uh, as yeah, yeah. well in yeah. in June. Uh, wanted to make sure that they also had the option, and uh, we we love black taxis; they're a key part of London. We can see all of the cars that are logged on and, and where they're at, and, and whether they're um, on a trip or whether they're um, available, um, and we can see when someone's requesting. What we think we've done is actually packing in the most value at each price point.